Good morning. Peace be with you. We have some announcements. I'll invite you to uh, go through those at your leisure um, for what's happening during the week. I wanted to um, start off uh, with a question, though. Um, are you reading your Bible? Okay. Just want to know, are you reading your Bible? That's a good question to ask. Whenever anything is going on, good, bad, or indifferent, are you reading your Bible? Okay. We have Bible study on Tuesdays uh, at uh, noon here in the fellowship hall. We have Bible study on Tuesday nights with Zoom. Uh, and uh, sometimes there's only two of us, sometimes there's three of us. It's been a while since we had more, but you're invited. If you'd like to partake in that, uh, let uh, Ashley know and give her your email address. I'll make sure you get an invitation. We go through the portals of prayer. And then every Saturday morning, we have a men's Bible study, and we go through the portals of prayer then as well. That's in my office at 8 o'clock. So, there are opportunities here at church to come together and reason with one another and to read your Bible. Um, today I'm grateful that uh, we have Nick here today. Thank you, Nick, for blessing us. And um, we have uh, an announcement that I had heard. Um, Louie let me know that uh, Jane Longino, uh fell, um, I guess, twice. And... She's uh, in the hospital now, but the report from her grandson, Tyler, is that she's doing better and um, non-life-threatening, but, you know, it did reveal some things that uh, need some work. So um, God's capable, and uh, we would ask just to lift her up in prayer for healing uh, and for um, just wisdom and discernment on behalf of her family as to um, how to best take care of her in the future. So those are some of the things that are going on. Um, is, am I missing anything, Susan? Anything? Did I just rob you of... I did, didn't I? Would you like to come up and just... <laughs> I, was wondering why you, I was wondering why you were sitting there, and I don't know why I had it in my mind that it was me to stepping in today. So, all right. So I didn't disappoint you in not having to get up and... Okay, do you want to tell a joke or anything like that? Yeah, she wants me to probably just stop talking to her right now. But uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, let us uh, sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is on the uh, page 170 of your green book. It is Crown Him with Many Crowns, verses 1 through 4.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. <coughs> this is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, since we cannot stand before you relying on anything that we have done, help us trust in your abiding grace and live according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 through 9, and this can be found on page 1148 in the Pew Bible. Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We will read Psalm 27, verses 1 through 9. It's printed on page 6 in the bulletin. Psalm 27, 1 through 9. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You could advance against me to devour me. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will we'll seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. The next reading is taken from the book of Philippians. Chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, and continuing to verse 19 through 30. And this can be found on page 1826 in the Pew Bible. Philippians 1, 12 through 14, and 19 through 30. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life 
or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue, continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Jesus Christ will abound on my account. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a matter, matter worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel this morning does indeed come from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, and can be found on page 1529 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. And again, he went out at about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they, likewise, received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? 
Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, one of the things that we learn in our early school years, one of the things is how to wait in line, how to wait and then take your turn. There's a sweet little book that I've mentioned before titled, Everything I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Waiting. Waiting is something that we do all of our lives. And sometimes we wait in line for good things, and sometimes we wait in line for bad things. And as somebody whose last name starts with the letter W, I was often near the end of the line, whether I wanted to be there or not. And one of the rules of waiting in line is that the front of the line is first, and the back of the line is last. And if you're in a bank, for example, the people at the front of the line get to do their business with the teller first. And if you are in a store, the people at the front of the line get to go and pay for their groceries first. If you are at the fast food drive-thru, the people in the front of the line get their hamburgers first or at least before you. Believe it or not, there is a technical term, a name for this kind of activity. It's called FIFO, or first in, first out. And this is the way that we expect things to work in a well-ordered society. And once again, today's gospel reveals to us that Jesus is not out to fulfill our expectations. He does not conform to society's model. Instead of FIFO, first in, first out, Jesus said, the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the exact opposite of what we would reckon as fair. There's a term for that one too. It's called LIFO, last in, first out. So Jesus illustrates this idea with one of his parables. The situation we read unfolds is this, this parable, the first part of it, it isn't really all that unusual as he sets the scene. We read of a man that needed some help in his vineyard, so he went to the market to pick up some laborers. He hired some at daybreak. Then he hired some more about three hours later. Some more after about lunchtime, and then some a little while after that. This is really a typical labor situation so far. But then, late, late in the afternoon, he kept on hiring. And these workers have to get out to the vineyard. They got to talk to a foreman who has to give them a task. 
And then they have to set up, and then they begin working. So basically, every worker has to go through a little bit of an orientation. There's some downtime. That happened even in the first century. So what's true is this. You're not going to get your money's worth out of people that you hire after the middle of the afternoon. Makes sense. Nevertheless, the employer in our parable is still hiring with only one hour left in the day. This is clearly not done in an earthly society. Then to top it all off, the workers, we read, who barely had time to get out to the vineyard before the sun went down, received a full day's pay, a full denarius, just as if they had worked all day. They even received the denarius first, before those who had worked all day. And this demonstrates a total lack of business sense. It is certainly not fair. And Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like this man who hired these laborers, even after it is too late to get any meaningful work out of them. It is like an employer who gives a day's pay for an hour's time. The kingdom of heaven does not make sense from an earthly point of view. It's just not fair. But then again, our salvation is not fair. The master of the entire universe took on human flesh. He suffered and he died so that sinners can have eternal life. God the Father poured out the wrath of his justice on his totally innocent son so that sinners could go free. That's not fair. Even so, as the son suffered on the cross for the sins of the world, he turned to a thief and said, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so the thief goes to heaven because the innocent Son of God suffered for his sin. Is it fair that even as a state executioner slides the needle into the vein, is it fair that the Holy Spirit can work faith in a condemned criminal? Is it fair that criminals of the worst kind can believe in Jesus Christ and wake up from their execution into the arms of the Lord? Is it fair that Jesus' suffering and death on the cross offers forgiveness, life, and salvation even to the worst sinner, even if they did not believe until they reached the point of death? Is that fair? We might, we might be tempted to think that God's system of rewards is unfair. The conversation that the landowner had with the resentful laborer at the end of today's parable, it warns us against that sort of thinking. It is a warning for those of us who have been members of a congregation all of our lives. You see, Satan will tempt us to think more highly of ourselves than we should. He will tempt us to believe 
that we deserve more because we have been Christians for a longer time. We are always in danger of taking our faith for granted. We are always in danger of looking down on those who are new to the faith. Once you think of it this way, once you think about the one place, there is one place, where the worldly idea of fairness is in full force. And once you think of that place, you'll be glad that God is unfair with you. There is a place that continuously doles out the fair punishment that sin deserves. Hell. Hell is filled with people who the Lord went to the cross to save. They are there because of their sin. They are there because they rejected the gift of salvation which the Lord earned for them with his totally unfair suffering and death. They rejected. God does not want them there. But they insisted on an eternity that was fair. So how thankful can we be that salvation is not fair? If God were utterly fair, then we would have to spend an eternity in hell for every slander, every adulterous thought, every time anything or anyone has been more important than God in our lives. The fair thing would be for God to condemn us to hell for every sin of thought, every sin of word, and every sin of deed. We might think our sins are tiny and unimportant. Nevertheless, in God's eyes, it only takes one sin to lose everything. And we can be and should be so thankful that God is not fair. God continues to search the marketplace of this world for workers. Workers for his vineyard. The Holy Spirit may find us in the marketplace early in the morning when, as infants, he works faith in us through the word combined with the water in holy baptism. The Holy Spirit may find us in the market and give us faith at the last exhalation of the last breath before sundown. Or he may find us somewhere in between. No matter when we receive this faith, we know that all the guilt of every sin is gone, that it's taken away by the Son's sacrifice on the cross. We know that by his resurrection and his ascension, our Lord Jesus Christ has prepared a place for us. And whether our faith is old or our faith is young, we all receive the gift of life everlasting. The parable in today's gospel illustrates the unfair nature of God's salvation. No matter when we receive saving faith as a gift from the Holy Spirit, we all receive the same heaven. From this parable, we learn that while there is still breath, the Holy Spirit can still work faith. This is a great comfort for those who have loved ones who are not yet Christians. It is also a comfort for those who come to faith later in life. Now, there will be some who will say, if God will give me all of heaven, whether I become a member today or become a member in 10 years, why should I join the church now? 
Why not enjoy life and then become a Christian at the last minute? Well, perhaps the first answer that comes to mind is that no one really knows when the sun will set on his life. Accidents happen, and they happen quickly. Sometimes death is a result of a long illness, and we know that the time is soon. And sometimes death comes in the form of a drunk driver or a mechanical failure, and death gives us absolutely no warning at all. Don't resist the Holy Spirit because you think you have plenty of time. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Now another answer that comes after a little more thought is that God wants to be a part of our lives right now. The blessings that God gives while we work in the vineyard are for us right now, for you in the vineyard right now. We have the knowledge, those of us who are in Christ, believers, we have the knowledge that even now our sins are forgiven for Jesus' sake. We have the confidence and hope of knowing that Jesus is with us right now in this world. We have the privilege of talking to God at any time. And even though the one who comes to faith late in life re re receives all the gifts of heaven, he has lived much of life deprived. Deprived of what? Deprived of comfort and of confidence that faith gives. The parable in today's gospel, it reminds us that sometimes it is good for us to be treated unfairly. Whether we are faithful Christians all of our lives or receive the gift of faith with our last breath, hear me now, we all receive the same thing, and that is eternal life with God. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O oh Lord, grant that we would rejoice in the light of Christ and his salvation and that sinners would find refuge in his mercy and comfort in his forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, embolden our congregation and all sister churches throughout the world to confess the truth steadfastly and to witness boldly to our only Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, merciful Lord, we give you humble thanks for instituting the estate of holy marriage and for the blessing of family. Grant that these gifts would be cherished and honored in our society and especially within the household of faith. Lord, in your mercy, almighty Lord, bless this nation and all people in their rightful callings. Grant that we may serve our neighbors in love and that all authorities would exercise their calling with humility and wisdom on behalf of the defenseless. Lord, in your mercy, loving God, we thank you for the gift of health. Hear our prayers on behalf of the sick, the aged and the infirm, the mourning or the dying. We especially lift up Ed and Hunter Davis, the passing of their father, grandfather, Bernard. We lift up Jane. We ask that you grant them healing in, according, in accordance with your will and grace to sustain them in their need. Lord, in your mercy, remember, O oh Lord, those who will receive your true body and blood from this altar. Prepare us to receive them worthily in repentance and faith for the forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our bodies. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the witness of the faithful who lived and died in Christ. Grant that at the last that we too may be joined with them in the marriage supper of the Lamb in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, and merciful Lord, grant that in Christ we may seek you while you may be found and call upon you while you are near, forsaking all wicked ways and unrighteous thoughts. Lord, in your mercy, it is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Christian soldiers, will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, we, with the church on earth, 
and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it, giving it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The great exchange, our sin for his righteousness. That's not fair. Thank you, Lord, for not giving us what we deserve. This is the meal, a foretaste of the feast to come, the wedding feast, supper of the Lamb. It is a means of grace. It is a means of comfort. It's a means of joy. If that's your confession, come. The table is prepared, and the ushers will bring you forward.
God's grace is uh, it's unfair, and I've been the recipient of it in my life, where I cried out, no fair, no fair. And just now, as my family was giving Holy Communion to me, my son was about to pray. I looked at him, and I thought I saw a little tear in his eye, and I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Well, it may have been there a little bit for that reason of sentimentality, the fact the Spirit moving, but it's also, he has sunburn, and I took his shoulder, and I did that twice. God is good, even when we're not. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.